With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I bring you a dynamic guest who shares some great concepts that you can use either in your business or personal. Today my guest is Todd Brockdorf, and his mission in life is to end global mediocrity. He is the number one best-selling author of Better Than Average, Excelling in a Mediocre World. He is a frequent speaker, leading programs and training for corporations, associations, and colleges and universities who want to become better than average in order to stand out from the crowd. We all want to do that, so that's great. As a business consultant, he works with organizations and leaders to define their niche to create a strategy advantage. His blog, www.betterthanaverageblog.com, invites readers to examine their current situation, challenge traditional assumptions, and break the mold. He has been nominated for Crane's Detroit Business 40 Under 40, and his book has been nominated for the Global eBooks Award. Todd has served in leadership positions in worldwide nonprofits, sales engineering at a major global telecommunications company, and regularly consults with businesses on strategy, marketing, and technology. This very background helps him bring practical field knowledge to organizations, leaders, and frustrated business professionals to help them stand out from the crowd. He also has a Facebook page. Uh, it's under his name, Todd Brockdorf, and that's T-O-D-D-B-R-O-C-K-D-O-R-F. And also in LinkedIn, it's under his name as well, and Google com, um, Google.com is his name. Welcome, Todd. I'm so happy to have you with us today as a guest. Thank you so much for having me, Robbie. I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, I'll have some questions for you. On the better-than-average concept, how did this idea of the better-than-average concept come about? You know, Robbie, it really started when I was just having one of those days. You ever have one of those days? Frequently. <laughs> yeah, well, I was uh, sitting in my mauve cubicle, a relic of the 1980s, working for a Fortune 500 company. It was 2.07 in the afternoon. The smell of burnt popcorn was in the air. The din of the computers and the cacophony of my coworkers surrounded me. And as I sat there with my head in my hand staring out the window, I began to wonder if there's got to be more than this. And then a question popped into my mind that really changed my life forever. And it was quite simply, how do you stand out from the crowd? How do you stand out from the crowd? And it was at that moment that I really started this journey 
to understand what leaders, what organizations, what companies, what professionals do a little bit different from everybody else to stand out from the crowd. And so really I've been on this, it's now like an 11, the 12-year journey trying to figure out, you know, what people do a little bit different. And what I came to realize is that in a world of mind-numbing sameness, it actually takes very little to stand out from the crowd. And in doing so, I've also discovered that standing out from the crowd is a process that can be taught. And so I now work with leaders, I work with professionals, I work with organizations to help them stand out from the crowd. I teach this process through my business consultancy, through public speaking, and then also through my book. Hmm. So that's how this whole concept came about. Wow, that's good. You had one of those aha moments. If you could draw a picture of the better than average concept, what would it be? Hey, Robbie, you remember back to your high school days or maybe your college days where you might have been graded on a bell curve? You remember that bell curve back from those days? Yeah, well, if you picture the bell curve, if you remember back, going way back now, so if you remember that bell curve, there's a little area on the left, then a big hump in the middle, and then a little area on the right. Well, the big hump in the middle, that's average. And to the far right, that is like the extraordinary. Those are the people that got like the A++ pluses in your class. Um, It wasn't me, but, you know, others did that. And then, you know, on the far left, those are people, well, we don't need to discuss those. But, you know, in life, the far right is still applicable. That, that's like the extraordinary. That's the folks like with a talent or a gift. Like think about Luciano Pavarotti and opera singing. You know, he was just right. that talented. Um, and that, that's very hard to do. I mean, I, I certainly can, can't do that. And I'm not exactly familiar with your background, Robbie, but I don't think you're a former opera singer or anything like that. So, you know, I mean, that, that's like extraordinary. And that's very hard to do. Now, average is average for a reason, but there's that splice between average and extraordinary, and that's the better than average. And that's something that can be taught. If you do things just a little bit different from average, which doesn't really have to be that grand to be glorious, if you do something a little bit different, then you can stand out from the crowd. And that's, that's what I teach. Um, do you have any examples from your life um, that, you know, that sort of depicts what the better-than-average concept is doing in, in action? Yeah, certainly. I, you know, I got married about, oh, what is it now? Oh, my wife would kill me here. I need to know this answer off the top of my head. Uh, it was seven years ago. Seven years ago I got married. And, you know, of course I wanted to ask my girlfriend at the time, a creative way to propose, or, or I wanted a creative way in which I could propose to her. You know, a lot of people, they go out to a nice restaurant or go to the place where they first met, and they just get down on a knee and do, and do the deed there, and that's fine, you know. But, you know, I'm just a little bit different from everybody else. And so what I did is... It was like a scene from The Amazing Race. You know, you know that TV show, The Amazing oh, Race? Oh, yeah. One of my friends yeah. was actually on it. 
Oh, no way. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> but um, that, that's cool. Uh, but, yeah, so like in The Amazing Race, they, they fly all over the place. And so what I did was my girlfriend was actually on a two-week trip to Europe, to Hungary and to Poland. And so what I did was I actually flew from Detroit. I'm based out of Detroit. I flew from Detroit to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Warsaw, took a train from Warsaw to Krakow, Poland, and I chased her halfway around the world. Now, I I had arranged this with her parents ahead of time. Uh, She was with her parents traveling at at the time, and she had no idea that I was coming. Now, this was the day before... Wow, that's pretty exciting. (laughs) <laughs> this was the days before uh, cell phones, uh, inter- international roaming capabilities on cell phones were somewhat reasonable. So, you know, I didn't have a cell phone with me. Her parents didn't have a cell phone with me. And I'm an engineer by trade, so we set up this whole elaborate plan uh, before we left. And so the idea was that we were going to meet at the tallest tower in the largest square in Europe, which is right there in Krakow, Poland. So I got there. And we were going to meet at 5 p.m. So as I got to that tower, I looked at the sign, and it said, closing at 5 p.m. I'm like, oh, goodness, you know, oh, my goodness, all this planning was about to go for naught. And, you know, I said that I was an engineer by trade. And, you know, I have a plan, and then I got a backup plan. So the backup plan was if the if the tower wasn't going to work out for any reason, we're going to meet at this fountain, this large fountain that apparently is very well known in that square. So I went to the fountain, and it was surrounded by 200 yards of fencing. And so then I'm walking around, I'm like, oh, no, you know, this isn't going to happen. All all this planning is going to go for naught. I'm not going to be able to meet up with him. I'm in a foreign country. I don't speak the language. What am I going to do? And so I keep walking around there, and they have this outdoor market. And so I was walking through the outdoor market, and I turned the corner, looked to my left, and there are her parents and her. Her mom's eyes meet my eyes. It was like a scene out of a Bugs Bunny movie where you're, those eyes are just like popping out two feet in front of her face. And right. Her mom quickly grabs her, turns her around, and says, Look, Rosie, a naked man. <laughs> so I wasn't sure what was going on. I wasn't sure if she saw her or not, or if she saw me. And so then I went to a cafe, and I'm like, Oh, you know, I hope that they see, I hope that they saw the sign on that tower that's closing at five. And I hope that they saw that the fencing was around that fountain, and there was no way that we could figure out where to meet. And so I sat down at the cafe wondering about this, wondering if all this planning went for naught. And then there she is with her parents walking around the corner. She walks into the tower. They pay for a ticket. They walk up the stairs. And I I was just so eager at that point that I went into the tower and I turned the corner and there she is right there again. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to do this at the top of the tower. So I quickly ducked behind. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I guess I'll just do it here. You know, I'm so excited. And before all this started, I made a bet with my girlfriend at the time that wherever we were going to get engaged, her first words would be, what the? And 
as, as I was getting ready, I remembered those words. I took out my camera, put on the lens. It was a big digital SLR camera. And I put on a foreign accent. I turned the corner and go, excuse me, you mind if I take your picture? I've got three really great pictures. Kind of like a dog when you ask them a question, you know, they turn their head. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what I got. And her first words out of her mouth were, what the heck are you doing here? And so I did the deed, got down on my knee, she started crying, and she said yes. So that, that's one way to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> un- unbelievable. What an exciting thing. She'll always remember that. What's an example of a better-than-average company? One of my favorite examples of a better-than-average company is Taco Bell. I used to love Taco Bell until one day I realized it's all the same stuff, you know. You fold it one way, it's a taco. Fold it another, it's a burrito. Fold it a third, wow, it's a lupa. Um, but Taco Bell is one better than average company because they have really matched their capabilities with their target demographic. Now, who's Taco Bell's target demographic? That is hungry college kids, and hungry high school students. And when do they like to eat? They like to eat late at night. So Taco Bell stands out from the crowd because they did something a little bit different than every other quick-serve restaurant at that time. What they did different is that they stayed open a little bit later than everybody else. You may, have re- you may remember the concept of the fourth meal, Right. As if we don't have as if we don't have enough of an obesity epidemic, but that's a different story. Um, but they they created a concept of the fourth meal and they did that simply by staying open a little bit later than every other quick serve restaurant. And it goes back to the point of it doesn't need to be grand to be glorious. How hard was it for them to stay open just a little bit later? It's not like they had a special menu, a special late night menu, it's the same stuff, just served a little bit later. And so now you see that trend that quick serve restaurants are open later and later. So that's one way to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, that's great. They took time to look at what their people wanted, not what they wanted to give people, and then that makes a difference. Um, You have a better than average philosophy. Tell us about it. The better than average philosophy is something that I came up with. It's 11 points. Why 11? Because 10 is average. Um, But it's really 11 ways to stand out from the crowd. It's 11 um, points to stand out from the crowd. And, you know, some of them include, like, uh, stand out, not stick out. It doesn't need to be grand to be glorious. Or one of my personal favorites, position is irrelevant to potential. And I truly believe that. I like that, yeah. What is the first step if a business wants to become better than average? The first step if a business wants to become better than average is really um, to get clarity, um, define the challenge. They really have to define the challenge. What is the challenge that they're trying to solve for? You know, um, 
is it a sales challenge? Is it a marketing challenge? Is it a recruitment or retention challenge? Is it a leadership challenge? Really, once they develop that clarity around what they're trying to improve, um, then they can start the better than average process and get better in that particular area. Hmm, that's great. What are three habits of better than average businesses that you have discovered? Three habits uh, that all better than average businesses have in common is really it revolves around the idea of connections. Three, the better than average businesses, they have three connections, and those connections are to employees, to customers, and to their brand. So in the world today, it's easier than ever to connect with your customers. I mean, social media makes it tremendously easy. Um, you know, it used to be an 800 number or a letter or something like that, but now instantly you have the opportunity to either delight or depress your customer. So better than average businesses really have that strong connection with their customers. They listen to their customers, they react, and they respond. Um, the other connection that they have is that they're really, they really have a deep connection with their employees. For example, there's a business here in the Detroit area called Quicken Loans. You may have seen their commercials. Yeah, I see all their ads on, all the time. Yeah. Uh, on national TV, yeah. They're actually based out of Detroit. And they have such a strong business culture, um, uh, such a strong connection with their employees. Like, for example, when they had an uh, all-hands meeting and an all-hands barbecue, they didn't just simply serve some hot dogs and hamburgers out in the parking lot. No, they actually got a name brand band, like one that you've heard of touring the country, to play their barbecue. Oh. And, and it wasn't just hot dogs and hamburgers. I mean, they had some real barbecue, like, you know, stuff with tangy red sauce on it, too. Um, so, you know, they went all out for their employees. And it's because they really treat their employees like family. It's not just lip service. Right. More and companies then, need to do that, I believe. Oh, totally, totally. Because happy employees result in happier customers, too. That's if somebody right. Really wants, if somebody really likes working there, they will bend over backwards to give your customer some good service. I always tell companies they should call their own number and see what kind of responses the people are getting. Sometimes they get really surprised. Oh, I totally agree. You definitely need to shop, shop your own stuff. Uh, call your own as, customer service number. Uh, go into uh, your retail stores if that's your model. Right. I love your book. It, it, you recently received released the book titled Better Than Average, Excelling in a Mediocre World. Tell us about it. The book uh, Better Than Average, Excelling in a Mediocre World is really about my passion. And I think you've heard it a little bit today. You know, it, it's really about how to stand out from the crowd. It focuses on three areas, um, better than average people, better than average leaders, and better than average companies. What, what they do a little bit different from everybody else to stand out from the crowd. You know, in today's world, we're more concerned with taking credit than taking pride in our efforts. Or checking a box, we're more concerned with checking a box than checking our work, and avoiding tragedy than seeking triumph. In the end, we really become satisfied with good enough. And this book is for professionals, for leaders who really want to stand out from the crowd. 
I'm so excited. You know, when it was released, it was an immediate bestseller on Amazon. went number one in its category. And it's uh, really filled with some stories that I think a lot of people can relate to. And it gives you a step-by-step roadmap to stand out from the crowd. Oh, that's great. How long did it take you to write the book? <laughs> I often tell people it took me 10 years to write the book. And <laughs> I, I mean, the reason why I say that is because it really was a journey. Uh, ever since that day at the office, that when I was just having one of those days, you know, I really had to sit down and realize, and research what leaders do, what organizations, what people do a little bit different from everybody else. And so the book is a culmination of that 10 years of research. I, I still continue to do research in um, both field-based and textual research. And I publish uh, the latest and greatest on my blog, betterthanaverageblog.com. But really, you know, it was about 10 years of research for the book. And then once I sat down to actually write, write it, put fingers to keyboard, it took about a year to write. Okay, on that blog that you have, is that free for people to sign up for? Yeah, everybody, anybody can go out for it uh, right now, betterthanaverageblog.com. It's got all kinds of articles, tips, um, tricks, and useful information to stand out from the crowd. Uh, why should someone join the Better Than Average? Oh, joining the Better Than Average it results in a lot of things. Uh, I've heard from people that you know it's resulted in advancement or promotion at work. Uh, the ability to take on greater responsibility, either at work or at home. Um, also, a sense of personal pride or more significance. Or, you know, even it's a personal growth opportunity, too. And right. the end step of all of this, too, is um, people have reported greater recognition, um, receiving awards or greater status at, at the office or... Um, even greater freedom, um, and possibly even some more free time, more time in their lives. So, you know, the, there are lots of reasons why people, why leaders want to join better than that, uh, join the better than average movement. And when I say leaders, I, I'm really talking about people who um, take responsibility. Really, that's what uh, leaders are defined as. It's not necessarily about those folks that have a specific title. Right. Can you please, uh, can you briefly uh, outline the eight steps of the, in the better-than-average process that you teach people? Yeah, the better-than-average process is, as you said, an eight-step process for improvement. You know, the first step, and we kind of mentioned that already, is to define the challenge. You know, figure out what you really want to improve. If you're a business, then, you know, what really is that challenge? You may think it's a sales challenge. Maybe you're not selling enough. But in reality, maybe it's a product issue. Or in your personal life, um, you know, maybe your challenge is, is to find a spouse or a significant other or something like that. You know, um, and you're looking at dating prospects. Maybe, maybe that's the goal. There are all kinds of uh, different applications for the better than the average process. So once we define that challenge, once we get really clear, the next step is to determine the baseline and the benchmarks. So what are, what are people doing in your industry or, um, or around you? What are 
what are some common best practices? Or what, what are things that make you stop and say, hey, that's interesting. And then write those down. Write down those benchmarks, those, ba those, be excuse me, those baselines. And once you have those baselines, it is ch a chance to find subtle differences between your best practices and what others in your industry, what others across your in, uh, from different industries are doing. So you um, cross-match those subtle differences is the next step. Determine, once you determine your strengths, you match those best practices with your strengths. And then from there, you create a solid, defined, daily practice regime. What, you, what you're going to do differently day in and day out um, to help you stand out from the crowd. Once you execute wow. those daily practices, once you execute those daily practices, um, it will lead to consistency. Consistency leads to habits, and executing and, and those new habits lead to better than average. And then finally, the end game is recognition. You want to see some kind of recognition that you have really improved whatever that challenge was at the outset. So for example, if it's a sales challenge, you're trying to increase the number of sales of a particular product, you want to see an increase in sales. Or you know, if it's dating prospects, then maybe it's more dates. Or you know, maybe even a long-term companion. Who knows? But right. really some kind of re recognition at the end. What is the one takeaway you want readers to understand from your book? And again, tell them the name of your book and how they can order it, and then we'll go on to the other questions. The one takeaway that I want readers to understand from the book is that it is possible to be better than average. It is possible to stand out from the crowd. It doesn't have to be grand to be glorious. And... You can find that book, Better Than Average, Excelling in a Mediocre World. Uh, you can find it on my website, toddbrockdorf.com. That's T-O-D-D-B as in boy, R-O-C-K-D-O-R-F.com. Or also it's available out on Amazon uh, in both Kindle and softcover format. Oh, that's good. Um, on standing out from the crowd, what are the three best tips for standing out at work? You know, the three best tips I offer is for standing out at, at work. Um, first, it's really understand expectations and exceed them. So, for example, say you're working in a job and you've got a report that's due every Friday by close of business. If you understand that that's the expectation. You still there? Todd? Todd, we lost you. Can hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, now I can. We lost Hello? you for a minute. So uh, go back oh. to the three, the tips for work because somehow you left me. Huh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, so the three best tips for standing out at work, first is to understand expectations and exceed them. So, for example, um, if you're working a job and you've got a report due to your boss on Friday, close of business, well, the first step would be to make sure that 
you get that report in on time so that your boss isn't hounding you for it. But to exceed the expectations, try and get it in on Thursday afternoon or Friday morning at the latest. The other thing that you can do to stand out at work is make small miracles happen. So for example, you know, if you're in a sales organization and you need one more sale to exceed quota for the month, be that hero. Make that sale. Be the person that steps up and makes that small miracle happen. And then finally, I'd like to offer a tip where you, you should work where you're needed, not where you deserve. I'll say that again. Work where you're needed, not where you deserve. We all deserve to work with the top performers, the best teams, the best products, whatever it is. But that's not necessarily where our talents are needed. Our talents are needed where you have a struggling product or a struggling team member or a, a struggling situation. And that's where you can really stand out by turning that situation around. Oh, that's good. What is the easiest way to stand out from the crowd? And then uh, let's also give them your contact information again because we're down to the show being almost over. Oh, time's up already? I was having so much fun. (laughs) So the the easiest way to stand out from the crowd, and I actually told this to a guy that was uh, selling door-to-door on my street just the other day. He goes, when he found out what I was doing, what I do for a living, he, he goes, okay, so, what, so what's your best tip? And I offered him this. You know, the easiest way to stand out from the crowd is to match your strengths with best practices. So best practices across your industry, best practices um, across other industries, things that make you stop and say, hmm. So match strengths to best practices. You can find out more about me, once again, at toddbrockdorf.com. That's T-O-D-D-B-R-O-C-K-D-O-R-F.com. And it's got links to all my social media out there. Feel free to connect with me there. I've got also, if you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-T-A, as in better than average, gift. B, uh, that's bit.ly slash gift, B-T-A gift. Uh, you get the 11 truths for standing out from the crowd. It's a special report on 11 ways that you can implement immediately to stand out from the crowd. Well, Todd, this has been wonderful, and um, I really I love it. I love people that are better than average and take that extra step, and thank you so much. We are at the end of our time. So until next week on Diva Strategies for Success, step out and you become better than average. Thank you, Todd, so much. Bye now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.